what determines the kind of parent you are is your response, your behavior, how you respond to those tough times, how you respond to those tantrums, how you respond to those to negative behavior, how you respond to big feelings. Your child's behavior is not a reflection of who you are. Your behavior is a reflection of who you are. Hey there, welcome to my lighthouse your personal development podcast, where we share knowledge and insights into the journey to becoming a better version of yourself. As always, I'm your host, Wemimor Elizabeth Omikong, and today I have Remy Makondrola. Remy is the founder of Grace to Parent and the creator of Graceful Parenting, a holistic approach to positive parenting backed by science and rooted in faith. Through the platform, parents are equipped with the exact tools to connect more and create a culture and legacy of love for their children. Remy is the convener of the Thrive Parenting Summit, the Family Ball, and the host of Gather and Grow, an intimate gathering that empowers women for thriving families. Through the Grace to Parent online community, she reaches over 20,000 people weekly with winning parenting strategies. In addition, Remy is the creator of Family Scripture Time, a 52-week devotional, and she hosts the Grace to Parents podcast. She's a wife and mother of three precious children. Welcome to my lighthouse, Remy. Thank you for having me. Really good to have you today. We're talking parenting. And you have three children. <laughs> I have two. And I know it can be a lot of work when you have kids and the more they are, the more work you have to do, but the less they are, then you're able to manage. Or you have three children. How are you able to pull that off? What's that like for you? That's a very, very good question. So when I had two, I thought, well, adding one more would just be like, you know, one more child. I already have two. What's the big deal? When I added the third child, I was like, oh, oh, okay. This is what it's, (laughs) this is different. It was, is having three kids is, it's a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. When I, when I first had my third, my daughter, it took me two years to be able to take all three kids together outside by myself. Mm. Two How years. Are they? She was, they are, my first is nine. I have a seven year old and then my daughter is four. She'll be five um, later this year. Mm. But to be able to take all of them out comfortably at the same time by myself. So having three children is fun. There's always so much energy around the house, but it's a lot of work, but it's good work. It's more fun than anything, I think. As they get older, you know, my, my nine-year-old now, two nights ago, he cooked us dinner all by really? himself. He just like, I, like at four o'clock, he was like, hey, mom, you know, I want to make dinner. And I was like, okay. And he showed Aww. me everything. And we were missing like a couple of ingredients. And so I ran out to the store. I was like, look, whatever you need, I got you, you know, and I got him all the stuff that he needed. And he literally, the only thing that he, we helped him with was to chop the onions. He did everything else by himself. He made um, spaghetti with shrimp, some spaghetti, diabolo, very exotic um, meal. So having two children is fun. It's, it's fun. It's a lot. Sometimes I get really tired and overwhelmed and so I have like different coping strategies here and there throughout my day that helps and you know my husband is an equal partner and when one person is like you know up and the other is kind of like needs help you know we fill in and you know we we tag team we we pretty much do everything together so that helps a lot too. Mm, You said something important I just pinned that down coping strategies very important so you're going to touch on that. (laughs) 
just before I get to coping strategies, let's just talk a bit around parenting meets. You know, I started off, I'm like, oh, the more they are, like the more stressed, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, these children leave me alone. You know, I just want to rest and they're just a handful. But from your own experience, for instance, running Grace to Parents and having three children, and from your story you just said about how it was quite a challenge to to take them out for, for quite a while until you ma- literally mastered the art of managing them before you could start to take them out um are there some parenting myths really around this and can you just share some with us so i think one of the, the greatest myths i think that parents are fed with i guess from culture tradition from people that have being parents before, it's almost like a, this is what parenting is. And it's actually one of the biggest troubles that causes in parenting. And it, it gives parents so much pressure because they feel like they have to be perfect. And it's the, the concept that somehow your child's behavior is a measure of your good or bad parenting. And your child's behavior is not a measure of your parenting. You can have a child who is like so well behaved and has parents that are not really hands-on, right? You can have a child whose parents do everything and that child still turns out however they want to do. You know, you can have a child who you have discussed at home before you go to the grocery store. This is what we're going to do. We've made a list together. We've, we've decided the things we're going to buy. You get there and you, you know, you even give them the power to like pick all the things that are on the list and the child still falls out, makes a crazy tantrum because it, they, they weren't allowed to pick up, you know, candy or a ball or something that was not on the list, right, that you had agreed on. And so as a parent, you've already done everything that you know to do to cover yourself and to prepare your child for this trip. And then they still do what they want to do. So it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. Your child's behavior is not a measure of how well or how bad your parenting is. Your child's behavior is your child's behavior. And that's that. It's different from who you are. It's different from what you've done. It's not a some sort of scoreboard to say, hey, this is a great parent because the child is behaving in a certain way. And society doesn't necessarily know that because the moment your child misbehaves, they just stare at you like, yes, take care exactly. of the child, <laughs> do exactly. something. Exactly. And that's why it's so important to give yourself grace because if people are not going to give you grace, they're hell. you need to give yourself grace. What is a true measure of your parenting? Well, how well or how you know badly or how well you're doing is how you respond right so how I respond to my child's behavior because every I cannot control what anybody does or how anybody behaves if I can't control an adult you can't even control your husband how your husband behaves or your wife nobody says oh your spouse is you know behaving this way and so you must mean that is a reflection of the kind of person that you are no and so the same thing for children what determines the kind of parent you are is your response your behavior how you respond to those tough times, how you respond to those tantrums, how you respond to those to negative behavior, how you respond to big feelings, right? Those are the things that measure. And I, I don't even like to say the word measure because there's no measure. There's no good or bad, right? We're all doing the best that we can, but your behavior is a reflection of who you are, right? Your child's behavior is not a reflection of who you are. Your behavior is a reflection of who you are. Yeah. So that would say that's one of like the biggest misconceptions or myths. You know, it's, it's sort of like a pressure that, you know, once you become a parent, then you really want your children to be perfect so that you look like you know what you're doing. I mean, it's the cause of like so many adult tantrums. <laughs> you know, it's the cause of us lashing at our kids because you do something and you feel embarrassed because, oh my gosh, my child is making me look bad. And so I over exaggerate my response to my child because people are watching. 
And that actually tells more. So I, I like that dimension because thinking of, I mean, the moment you said it was like, hmm, interesting, because then it's really not about what people say. So if my child throws a tantrum, the fact that my child is throwing a tantrum doesn't make me a bad parent. I like that. And that's just the truth. But how you indeed respond. So for instance, do you maturely speak to your child and just get your child in order without necessarily, for instance, picking up a cane and, and decide to, deciding to start spanking your child? Or then getting really angry and upset and then you, you start screaming at your child or start doing things or shake the child really hard or things like that. So rather than um, respond in a negative way, you know, out of anger or out of the fear of what people would say, it's better to, to respond in a more matured manner, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, I want to pull you back a bit now. You said something around coping strategies. So you've been adopting coping strategies. I would love to learn your coping strategies. <laughs> and I know that our audience would absolutely love to learn those as well. So for you, and based on one of these myths you have just said, actually many other myths, but this is just one, one big one. How would you say that parents can cope better? What should be the ideal disposition, especially of young parents? Because it's when the kids are young that they, they are really stressing them out. Oh, and then teen, teenage parents too. That necessarily <laughs> at every stage, every parenting season comes with its own joys, with its own troubles, with its own um, challenges, and everything. So, yes, it may seem like when they're little, you know, they're like, although they play so much energy, you know, big feelings and all of that, but teenagers do just as much. Even young adults have their own <laughs> challenges in parenting. So, I like to think of coping strategies as like not coping in that, oh, I'm just trying to survive right as if parenting is just something to survive but things that actually help you to thrive i like to think of them as hacks that help you to get through your day to thrive but with as much peace and as much joy so one of the things that i do is i sit in my car for like 10 20 minutes sometimes 30 i've been taking naps in my car to be honest but it's not even about the car. It's about finding a place to just sort of retreat, pockets during the day. You have to be able to identify what your triggers are. What are the things that your stressors? What are the things that stress you out? What are the things that get you like drain your energy? So for me, one of those things is school run, which I do every single day, <laughs> twice a day. And I really don't enjoy driving. And so school run actually stresses me out. It's a necessary evil that I have to do. I can't get away from it. My husband does, uh, he takes the boys in the morning because they, they go to school really early and I take my daughter in the, in the, in later in the morning. Um, and then I pick them up. I pick the, you know, all of the kids up in the afternoon. Most of the time he, he has one day where they get up early and he picks up on Wednesdays. But, you know, most of the time I, I do the rest of the days. And, and so during the school season, I know that I need those minutes in my car, you know, so a lot of times when, you know, of course my husband is at home, you know, I send the kids in and he, he knows to take over and he settles them, you know, gets them their snack or whatever, they come home, take a bath and do all the things that they're supposed to do. And I just sit in my car, you know, and just take a moment because I'm just like the drive, whole drive has just drained me. It's not even like a long drive, it's like 20 minutes, <laughs> like 15 minutes. But, that's but I, it's just, it's just something that, you know, I don't enjoy doing, right? And so I just take a moment. So finding times in your day to just take a moment is so important. If you can't take 20 minutes, take five. And 
look, there's nothing wrong with asking your children, telling them, hey, I just need a minute. For example, today I came back home. I didn't sit in the car today for some reason. I was fine. So it's not all the time. But when I got in, I still needed that time. And so I had settled them with their little snack or lunch or whatever. And it was time for them to go upstairs and take take a bath. You know, daddy was going to take care of that. But my older son had gone here, taken back here, come back. And he kept asking me questions and asking me questions. And I said to him, I just need, like, this is my time. Just because I'm not in my car, I'm in the living room. But I actually just need, like, a minute to just, like, decompress. So please, can I have just a few minutes before you start asking me questions to just decompress? And that's okay. You know, don't feel guilty about retreating, about taking a break, about telling your children, you know, especially if they're at the age where they can understand, letting them know that, look, I'm not ignoring you for this time, but for this time, I need a break. If it's a child who who is, if obviously if you have a baby or a toddler who doesn't understand, you may need to schedule your rest around when they're resting, or unless you have like help somebody to sort of watch them and all of that. But definitely taking time, taking time during the day to just for yourself. Another thing that really helps is having a morning routine. Morning routines are like the most underrated resource. Like it's like the hidden treasure of parenting that people don't know or people don't take advantage of. So waking up in the morning before your kids wake up, I know you may feel like, oh my gosh, I just need to like take as much sleep as I can, you know, because once my day starts and all of that, but giving up one hour earlier before your kids wake up will go a long way. Just sitting down in that solitude, doing whatever you want, drinking a cup of tea, whatever it is, reading your Bible, just staring in space, Honestly, just having that time by yourself (laughs) that nobody else is fighting for Mm. is so important, you know, Mm. and and it helps. It helps a a great deal because by the time they wake up, you're already charged. You're at full capacity as opposed to if you wake up right when everybody's waking up, your body is just now kickstarting, right? But then your kids wake up with their burst of energy they don't need to wake up an hour before to recharge they wake up with energy to go and then you're dragging and because you don't have enough time to charge up you're actually draining the power that you have and so the reason why a lot of people don't are not able to take that morning routine is because of what their night routine looks like I, I, I saw this funny I don't know if it was a real or a meme something like that that said the reason why I stay up late at night is because throughout the day, my, my time doesn't belong to me. And so when my kids go to bed, that's my time. I want to prove to myself that I can use my time for myself, but you're doing yourself so much harm, you know, wake, staying up till like odd hours of the day or the night and then having like four to three hours or five hours of sleep. I mean, you're probably not going to be able to wake up early for a morning routine and then you wake up tired just because you have but that's probably another myth as if your time doesn't belong to you no your time belongs to you it just it's just like it looks different now so my time belongs to me yes they are sharing part of it it doesn't mean that somebody has stolen my time that I have to somehow take back and and then you start harming yourself by depleting your own rest and things like that you know so resting well at night helps you a lot of people like I mean I'm a night person if you're a night person and you can still function on five, four hours of sleep and wake up earlier and do a morning routine, please do not take anything I'm saying. Go keep doing what you're doing. But if your night personness is not working for you, that is depriving you, robbing you of the opportunity to have that morning routine, 
then you should probably revisit how much of a night person you are. Because the truth is that unless you're, you, you're a night person and you work late into the night and you don't have any responsibilities during the day, oh, go for it. You're good. But if, if being a night person and you know, working late is rubbing you of the opportunity. And it's, it really is an opportunity to wake up earlier in the morning and have a solid, nice, consistent morning routine that fuels you for the day. If your night routine is messing that up, then it's probably something that you want to start thinking about revisiting. That's so true. You know, as you were speaking, I was like, mm, because I can, I've literally tried both. So I've done times when I would just be like, okay, everyone, I'm tired. Like, so go to bed, shoo, 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 prep them up, say prayers, read them Bible stories, everything I need to do, get them to sleep. And then I'm like, okay, now this is my time, you know, and I'm there. I could be there like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Sometimes I could even stay as long as 3 a.m. And then eventually I go to bed and I wake up, I'm exhausted and I'm wondering, why am I still tired, but I've slept, you know? But then I realized that, oh, when I do try to go to bed early and then that way I wake up earlier, I wake up more refreshed. I've tried what you said. I've done that, you know, several times. That has become like a, a major routine for me. That morning routine where you just wake up in the morning and just stay still. I would do some exercise as part of my morning routine. Take a cup of water because I've seen that that helps my, it helps to get my entire system up and, you know, running. You know, I do that morning exercise, you know, size my prayers and all that. Drink that cup of water, gets me moving. I like that idea of just sitting still. So I realized then I'm able to just sit down, just quiet, not, not doing anything, just stay there. And that just helps to calm your mind and you can start taking notes of what you intend to do for the day and all that. It's such bliss, really, a lot of, Absolutely. and it's just a productivity hack. I like that. I like that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Uh, So you have three children, Remy, and the whole concept around grace to parenting, and I see all the amazing things that you've been doing. How did you get on this path of teaching and mentoring parents? What spurred you? Is there anything in particular that was a motivating factor for you to go on this journey of taking you literally take this as a career I suppose like this is like you do this fully yeah why why are you doing this so (laughs) I could sit up here and be like oh you know I've always known I was going to be a parenting coach and all of that no I didn't (laughs) I I don't know I just kind of organically evolved I guess I was pregnant when I did my Montessori course so I went back to school and studied Montessori education and that was after my first degree after my MBA I went back to school because I had just been introduced to Montessori education and I thought oh, this is like really like interesting so I went back to the university that I actually graduated from and did Montessori education there and I remember when it was time for our practicums I was I was actually breastfeeding then so I was I would pump like during breaks and stuff like that but I just I, that was when I was sort of introduced to the concept of positive parenting and just being intentional and really taking time to teach your children every single thing that you wanted them to learn in a very peaceful and calculated and way. And so when I started learning all of that and I had my first, I kind of already knew what kind of parents I wanted to be. You know, I, I sort of had a bl- blueprint, I would say, before I had him. And, and so when I had him, I was parenting him in a very intentional way. I remember one of my uncles came to visit me when I was, you know, he was, it was probably about three, three or four months or so at the time, or maybe even six months, I don't remember, probably closer to six months. And he said to me, he was like, Remy, you're a textbook mom. And I was like, 
okay, if that's what you want to call it. Because I was just like, why, why do you have to do things like this? Like, it's okay, just let me know, they'll be all right. You know, just kind of do whatever. And I was like, no, that's not how I'm doing my own. You know, I just, I like to, to, to be very, to be intentional, you know, and strategic with everything I'm doing. And so by the time my second came, you know, I'd had like about 20 months of, you know, this intentional Montessori style parenting. And so I had started posting on Instagram very organically. I was posting on my personal page, just the things that I was, the things that I believed in, the philosophies, some quotes and some just educational like excerpts, things that I was reading, things that I found interesting, things that I was doing with my child, practicing and all of that. And it got to a point where my whole page was like full of just me talking about my kids and parenting. And I just thought, oh, well, you know, maybe I should start a page for this. And I thought, well... What would I call the page? And I thought if I could label my style of parenting in one word, I'd say I'm leaning on, on grace of God. You know, so I said, well, grace to parent. Like every day I feel like I need grace, you know, to do what I'm doing. And I feel like everything I know is because of grace. And so I just set up a page called the Grace to Parent. And I was just started posting on there for at least the first year. I was just posting like quotes and stuff like that. And I really didn't think anything about it until a couple years in and then something happened it was like a current events thing that I felt this burst of energy like oh my gosh I need to talk about this and I was like hey you know I think I'm gonna come on live and talk about this and I came on live and I talked about it and then I did that live video series for every single week for 10 months (laughs) and when I was done with that it felt incomplete like I felt like I couldn't turn back. I felt like so many people had resonated with all the stuff I was doing and so many people needed like the same help that I needed, you know, because every single thing I post and that I, that I say stuff that I practice or stuff that I'm learning and I'm adopting and I'm tweaking along the way. And so I found out that there were so many people like me that needed it. And I just knew that I just couldn't take my hands off the plow. And I set up this very spontaneously one February, I think was in, I want to say 2017 or 18, where I had a challenge called the No Shout February Challenge <laughs> and challenging parents not to shout at their kids for the entire um, month of February. And that was fun. From there, I converted it to a business. I knew at that point, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not stopping this. And at that time, I was running like multiple businesses on the side behind the scenes. I had a preschool that I was running. I had a maternity concierge business that I was also doing. And a couple of years ago, 2018, December, I sent a letter to all the parents <clears throat> with a month notice or two and said, hey, I'm shutting down the school and like just stop taking clients on my maternity concierge business. And I'm, I'm deep diving into basically parent full time. And here I am. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's such a big plunge. But I like the fact that you took it one step at a time and you just kept doing it. We all need grace to parent. We need that grace. And you saw that grace working for you. Decided to extend it to other people, literally teaching them the things that um, you were learning on your own journey. Thank you so much, Remy, for taking time to be here and to just sharing your heart and sharing your story. Thank you so much. I'm sure that everyone who's listened have been really inspired and I'm glad I learned from you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you found the insights really valuable. If you would like to listen to more like this, please subscribe to this podcast on any of the platforms you would normally listen on so you can get notified when there's a new episode. 
and follow us on Instagram at My Lighthouse Podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be totally awesome. If you'd love to connect further, I would absolutely love to connect with you. Head over to the show notes and just book a call with me via the link there and I'll connect with you personally. You can also share feedback with us via the link to a form in the show notes as well. We'd love to hear from you so that we can continue to do better and meet your needs. On to the next episode, please stay in God, keep growing and keep pushing yourself to be a better version of you.